0: summing up the purpose is to have a voice trying to convey the things that are important that i really want to share with others we are all together in this so i think every one of us has kind of the duty i would say to try to enrich the world we are in and photography seems like a beautiful way to to do it (laughs) Hey,
1: Wiki Hunters! Welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast, where we share a photographers' journey and how photography have given us hope, purpose, and happiness. And today we have someone who been very inspiring through his voice um, to me, as well as his photography. He take amazing sunset, sunrise, as well as um, photography in general. Uh, so today we have Jose. Hey, Jose, how you doing?
0: Hi there. How are you? It's very good to be here. I'm pretty excited. And thank you for the invitation. Um, I I greatly admire your work. I want to apologize to everyone because of my English. I'm not a native English speaker, but I'm doing my best. And I hope everyone understands me well. And I'm pretty excited to to be here today and to have a conversation with you. Oh, man, you're just too humble. Your English is perfect. Uh, I, sometimes I struggle with words I'm very used to my Portuguese which has a very rich vocabulary and sometimes I get a little bit lost uh with English <laughs> but I'm doing my best
1: <laughs> fair enough fair enough so you know like um I've been following you for a while look at your photography and they're just incredible like you know it really speaks to you right um it really pops uh, but before we get into your photography give us a little bit background about you know, who you are and how you come about uh, photography.
0: Okay, sure. Uh, I could give you the short version or the very long one. So I'll just try to find a balance, not to bother our listeners. But yeah, um, I usually say that, first of all, long before photography, I was passionate about nature. I was born in Portugal, in a small town in the south of Portugal, So we were quite used to go to nature. I used to do a lot of mountain biking. I always felt these instinctive needs to be in quiet places, beautiful places, forests, etc. And right from the beginning, I've always loved nature. I didn't have any artistic background in my in my family, unfortunately. Um, But I know that from quite early I wanted to express myself and I wanted to use art in some way. I used to love literature, philosophy, spirituality. Um, But then I got into music. I actually had a rock band still in this small hometown when I was still a teenager, a heavy metal band. We we were kind of the outcasts in our town. Um, But I already had these need to to express something. And I used to use music to to do this. Um, at the same time, I continued my ventures into nature with, with no artistic purpose. Then when I uh, was 18 years old, I had to go to college and I went to medical school in Lisbon and I found myself all of a sudden completely overwhelmed with tons of things to study and barely no time to devote to music Uh, we used to play electric guitar and i was really struggling with that because i needed an outlet medicine was extremely demanding uh tons of mental work and not that much in terms of expression and as if that wasn't enough, I was in a big town, I was in Lisbon, and contact with nature was greatly reduced. So I was absolutely having a big, big hangover of both nature and creation. And my encounter with photography it was extremely spontaneous. Digital photography had just become a thing. This was probably... 18 years ago. Yeah, I'm now 40. Uh, this was 18 years ago. I was in the middle of my of my graduation. Um, and I asked my parents to buy me, to offer me a digital camera. It was a three megapixel compact camera. No artistic purpose at all. I just wanted it to be as small as possible. Uh, I didn't care about megapixels, anything like that. But the interesting thing is that when I got the camera, which I just wanted to capture some snapshots of my daily life. uh, It just made me start looking for things that were special, things that were beautiful and inspiring, And as soon as as I realized, I was starting to venture much more into nature than before. I started capturing images. Still, I didn't have any artistic purpose in that. But the images were just kept on my hard drive. I was starting to feel the pleasure of capturing the beauty that I was seeing um, and recording it with the camera. Um, And that was until a friend of mine suggested me. This was also long ago. 18, 17 years ago to share some of my nature images on online. There, were no, there was no social media back then. We already had photo communities. So I started posting in a website, which still exists today, which is DeviantArt. It had an absolutely incredible photo community back then. Everyone was there, incredible artists. So I just accepted to put one or two terrible photos there. And I was extremely surprised with the community energy. I got comments, I commented on other people's photos. It was extremely clean in terms of energy. Uh, There was not the current vibe of numbers and everything else. So all of a sudden I was finding a creative outlet, which joined both my my wish to express what I felt and also uh, my love for nature. So it was kind of a perfect combination. It replaced music and um, it became my favorite form of expression. And so I just got absolutely addicted to it. Um, then I, I entered my specialty in psychiatry when I f- finished graduation and things just kind of exploded from there because I got extremely, even more fascinated with, with photography when I learned about its power, not only for expression, but also for well-being, for so many things and then publications exhibitions photo tours and social media and everything else started appearing so i just found myself having to kind of divide my time between practicing medicine and doing photography so i just got fully addicted and we are here today because i'm continue uh, i still continue to be addicted to photography That's incredible, man.
1: Like, this is what I love, like, you know, this podcast because, like, In just six minutes, I know you more than I would have, you know, following you for all this time, and so that is so cool. You used to play in a band. I used to be a drummer, actually. (laughs) So so cool. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. In what musical style may
1: I may I I ask you? I I used to like a punk rock. That was okay. That's cool. That's cool. Just like the Blink One Eighty Two sort of thing. (laughs) Okay very cool um, but it's really interesting because you you say you used to like music and then you kind of found photography and you um shift uh, across do you still like music or kind of what makes photography take over from being able to express yourself through music instead
0: yeah that, that's a very very interesting question and i would give a superficial first answer, which would be convenience. And I'll explain you why, because most of the members of the band, they actually also came to Lisbon to study. Uh, we were all 18 years old and we tried several times to reunite the band and continue rehearsals. But the thing is that doing rehearsals in Lisbon is totally different from doing in our small hometown where we were at the garage of one of them. We just hang hang out there virtually all afternoons. And in Lisbon, all of a sudden we had to book a studio. We had to have a schedule. We had to pay and we tried multiple times and it just did not happen. Uh, So the thing is, all of a sudden photography gives me something that I love, which is my own space, my own silence, my way of doing things, of reading, of taking my time. And even though I lost kind of the teamwork part of it, which is important, I gained a lot with photography. So first it was convenience, but then I felt that I was um, gaining much more expressing myself through photography. And the potential of sharing, communicating, and discovering other people's work was incredibly, um, it was more amplified. So that's why in a very smooth way, photography replaced music in my life.
1: That is awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And um, it's really interesting how you say that, um, you know, you kind of have this superficial um reason to start photography but you get deeper and I feel like it's a common occurrence you know uh, after like um interviewing over 45 people in my podcast that's kind of what I see you know like most people start just oh yeah just go on a holiday take photo but they got really into deep on it and it it seems like photography have its way to do that now one thing that I'm interested in to hear from you is, you know, expressing you—you say this notion about expressing yourself to photography, right? Um, so, how does that differ between expressing yourself to photography
0: um, versus expressing yourself in the music? Okay. Um, first of all, I, I want to just a little compliment to you because you mentioned that you have interviewed a lot a lot of people. I was quite terrified when I saw all the big names you have already interviewed. So I congratulate you for that because it's a very important thing that you are doing for photographers. Um, and also because I read your a very interesting manifesto about the emotions that photography brings to our own lives, including some periods in when you have struggled. And you are clearly one of those that's as photography in his life to express something and to get a deeper purpose and meaning um so i just wanted to congratulate you first of all because of that and it's good because i listen to many of your podcasts and yeah you always seem to search for these common threads that people are not doing photography just for the sake of it, which is quite important. Um, So going to your question about expressing myself through music and through photography, once again... Uh, Photography was so much smoother and elegant for me than music. In music, you have the craft part. you need to practice a lot. You need to be extremely obsessive if you want to play well. You probably felt that with the drums. I don't know if you felt that as deep. Um, because it's a punk rock and sometimes punk bands want to be more spontaneous. Our metal band was kind of technical, so it got kind of complex. So you had to spend hours and hours and hours practicing scales and everything else. And I just hated it because I already had the discipline for the studies and I wanted um, for the expression in arts to be something more effortless, more spontaneous. Um, So expressing myself with music, it was extremely empowering. It felt extremely good. It was fantastic when we were playing together, when we were giving concerts. But there is something deeper and more profound in artistic expression through photography for me, okay? So probably many people, mostly musicians, will feel the opposite. Um, But for me, the whole process, the slower thought process and creating process and the traveling and being in the middle of nature and thinking about what you want to do and all the time you have in the world to look at your images and try to understand what they're telling you, and write about them for me it's a much much richer experience so music is more like in your face my visual feeling is this one i'm feeling it right now please take it and you can go into the mosh pit right now and start it all and photography is kind of a more i would say existential craft Uh, it's a slower one and well i like it more right now Oh man that is
1: that is awesome. I love hearing that, you know um and I appreciate what you said earlier. um you know that's very kind of you. um at the end of the day i I look for people who um who have inspiring stories and um one of the reason why I, I want you to be here is because, the way you sh- you tell story not only through your photography but also through your words um so you know i, I don't just pick anyone who big fo- who have big following but yeah. um you know it, it, the, what you just said earlier just shows you know why i want you to be here because you really take meaningful um approach to your photography right um now it's really interesting how you say that um in music, you kind of have to work hard to get good at it, um, and then you become you burn out, right? You hate it what you're doing because you are just practicing too hard. Now, when it comes, I mean, with anything in life, right? If you want to be good at it, you gotta learn, and then you gotta practice. And I'm sure you've had a lot of practice, a lot of trial and error with your photography as well. So, how how is that different with your experience in music and what sort of advice you could give for people who are feeling that way, you know, who are feeling like they've been at this photography for so long, they practice and practice and practice and they hit a wall and they just burn out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also a great question. And I love this kind of interviews, not just the typical technical questions. I prefer these ones. Yeah. Um, Yeah, first of all, I didn't want to send out the message that for me, photography is absolutely easy because it's not. I've already struggled a lot with photography, not in terms of creative block, because I have kind of a controversial opinion about that. I don't think that there's creative block when our subject that we capture is nature, which is something kind of endless. in in its beauty and possibilities. Um, But I think we can have inner blocks. Um, So photography, uh, it took me a long time to get to where I'm right now, but it was not as hard and um, as tough as it used to be in music. Because with music, with the practice of the instrument, when I was practicing, I didn't feel like I was doing something inspiring. And when I'm learning photography, I'm in the middle of nature. I'm not closed inside my room looking at nothing and trying for my fingers to move as they should. I'm in the middle of a beautiful forest taking terrible photos or in a seascape doing terrible photos, but I'm there. So the act of doing photography Uh, It's just a small part of everything, just a small part of hiking, of looking at the sunset, of chatting with friends while you are doing a walk, sharing it with your partner. Um, So it just became extremely spontaneous because I just loved everything about the process, not just the click of the button, but all the process was good right from the beginning. And just like you said, my first images were not satisfying at all. Um, I'm one of the few that still has this whole portfolio online. If you go to my DeviantArt, you can see my terrible photos from 18 years ago. And I think it's kind of a a small legacy that I have just to show how terrible one can be in the past and how one can uh, kind of improve. But I still have a long way to go. So if someone feels stuck going to your main question, um... I would say, and probably this is kind of related with my practice in psychiatry, and also with my notions of how photography can have meaning to you. I think that if you, if you are genuine and you are trying to really express something that's inside you, you need to have a purpose. You can just want to share the beauty of nature. This is a very deep purpose. It's not something superficial, but as long as you want to do something and reach something, I think you will always channel all your insight into it so it will just appear people that are struggling usually they feel blocked because there are some outside expectations from them for them that kind of overwhelm them be it numbers beat money beat survival beat anything and all of a sudden when you start being absolutely genuine towards your goals, your body will react your body knows it there's some sort of this is controversial also scientifically speaking and i should only say scientific accurate things but your body just signals the stress it signals the lack of genuinity and some people have a very natural talent to uh, enter into some sort of false self-state where they pretend to be something But most artists, they just can't do it. Um, So if someone has a big, big creative block, I would mostly suggest for them to stop a little bit, turn out the noise of social media, the numbers, the competition, the game, and just think about what they want to bring to the table, what they need to channel from their inside. And I think this makes a huge difference, okay? Um, It's easier said than done, but, well... I think it's the best advice you can give now. Wow, that is
1: one whole lot of wise words in just a few minutes. So um yeah, listeners, if you you know, you're probably gonna have to go through this few minutes over and over again if, if you hit a roadblock or a mental block. Um, because I think what you just say there really hits in the nail. And as you were just saying that, I um I was, I was, I was thinking about the time when I hit a, a a burnout, and actually, you're right. Um, at that time, I was like going up with the expectation to shoot um something that is, you know, that is appealing to to the social media mass, right? Not really the thing that, uh, not not really shooting for myself. Um, so. That that's really interesting, and I'm glad that you share that because I think a lot of people might not realize that um until either you know come across this sort of podcast uh, talking you know with someone like you or actually being told so. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm glad I'm talking to you today for sure, because I'm sure other people out there will draw inspiration from this. Now
0: It's my pleasure. And just sorry for interrupting you just a a little bit, because I just wanted to add something, uh, which is probably also quite important to the people that might be listening to us. It's that I've also been there. I don't want to come across as the guy that knows it all, that I'm the psychiatrist, so I'm protected for, from all kinds of mental illness. I usually say this to my patients. Um, uh, in the middle of all medical specialties, psychiatry as the um, the most, um, the most increased prevalence of mental illness problems. Okay. So I just want to transmit that doctors also suffer, just like photographers and artists. And I've also been there, I've been in the, the game number, I felt, I wouldn't say burnt out, but unsuccessful. And I remember plenty of times of trying to enter what I mentioned as a kind of a false self-state where I wanted to emulate something or someone when every image had to be absolutely epic and bombastic. And it just doesn't work because that's not how we were, how we are wired. And it's extremely it's extremely harmful for everyone. So um I want people to know that I've also endured and struggled quite a lot with those kind of feelings, perhaps I had some extra tools to think about it. Um, So I'm still finding my way. Truth be said, I'm currently in the process of trying to reconceptualize many things that I've been doing. This is mostly related with the controversial NFT space, which has some very good things along with it. But I'm also in the path so I, I haven't found a solution at all. I'm just trying to learn how to protect myself as much as possible to make this path genuine. So that that that's the main message. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> you can continue. No, thanks for adding that. <laughs> I think that's really important to hear that,
1: you know, even um, the best of us going through all that, um, I feel like the social media have this notion that makes People who are in the social media looks perfect, right? But at the end of it, we are just human. Now, you said something really interesting earlier about, you know, you you going through this as well, and um, you know, you have this this issue as well. But you know, like you say, you are uh trained, right? You have the tools. But something that I realized from my own experience is. When when we look at someone else, we could we could clearly see it, right? It's like, oh, okay, you, you, you you're having this struggle, this challenge, and you should you should do this A, B, and C because you show show it from the, you see it from the outside. Now, for ourselves, it's different because we are part of it. We are emotionally attached to the problem, to whatever it is, like you know, the survival method or uh sorry, the survival state that you, you mentioned, for example. So what is your advice to be able to take, to be able to recognize your own state and to be able to give? Uh, take your own advice and actually mm-hmm. implement it as if you were telling yeah. it
0: to someone else? When Once again, another extremely challenging but interesting question. Uh, the kind of questions that I like. um, Because there's a reason why I said it's easier said than done because it's all extremely, I wouldn't say easy, but it's more comfortable when I'm sitting in the doctor's chair and quite difficult when I'm on in the other side. Um, so that's why I said that I have some tools to help me navigate it. But that doesn't always make it easier. It's like, it's like diagnosing or treating someone from your family, you just don't do it because you are attached emotionally to this person, you cannot have a lack of biases that will kind of contaminate your, your evaluation. So sometimes it's even harder for a psychiatrist to be suffering mentally because it will start creating all sorts of theories. It will start triggering lots of alarms of what's going on with me. Am I becoming a patient? Uh, Will I need medication? Um, And then all the brain process to approach this sometimes becomes harder when it's related with ourselves. So the thing is, um, most of all, I always try to go back to what I mentioned before. Which is the feeling that on your inside you feel comfortable, you feel pleasure while you are creating your art, you feel that there's some sort of narrative that is related with you, it's aligned with your goals, it's aligned with who you want to be in this very short life. Um, It's aligned with what you want to transmit to other people. And it's only when I do this, and this is completely unrelated with psychiatry itself, it's only when I do this that I probably get a little bit more grounded and manage to look at things from the outside. Um, I also have some... Further tools because I've been doing a lot of of research about using psychedelics for treatment of psychiatric illness. And I try to bring a lot of that also for my creative expression to my photography. And I'm mentioning this because, in the end, we are all so immersed in our own selves, in our rigid ways of thinking, in our rigid ways of uh, feeling that when we get out of this huge bubble, and we look from the outside, it's so much easier to fix things. And this is achievable through therapy, through medication, through other means. But we can also do it ourselves, as long as we are not mentally ill, as long as it's not absolutely uncontrollable, we can stop and look at our inside. We can meditate, we can think about what we are doing. Once again, the purpose. So that's what I had to do with myself. I could not be my own psychiatrist. I had to be José thinking about why is José suffering so much, and what's wrong, uh, and what kind of external forces are being toxic, and what did I want it to transmit with my time spent with art so this was kind of the path that i was able to 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 follow fantastic thanks for sharing that and
1: explaining that now um you mentioned something very interesting in that answer there that you know you in order to get away from this um, what they call it, the burnout, you are yeah. focusing on your purpose, right? Um, In photography. So share with us a little bit. What is your purpose? What is photography to you? And why do you take them now? I know in the beginning, you have an entirely different reason, but now yeah. you are here and it gives you a lot of fulfillment. How does that do to you?
0: Yeah. Um. Well, photography, just like I told you before, I think I'm still in the middle of the path. I probably will never reach the end of the path because it's all about the journey. This sounds like a little bit of a cliche, but it's the absolute truth. Um, but yeah, the, the, the initial purpose, it was just to capture spontaneous moments. And then all of a sudden it became a channel to to express things that were inside me. Uh, You could ask, why have I chosen nature? Why not go to portrait photography, street photography, documentary, photojournalism, etc. But just like I said in the beginning, I've always been fascinated with nature. I think there's so much more to nature than what's immediately apparent. And for me, images have a lot of layers. Uh, I know that someone that looks at my portfolio, if someone doesn't spend more than 30 seconds on my portfolio, like... Probably 99% of people do on social media because it's everything is so quick and accelerated. Um, but if people look at my portfolio, they, they'll see lots of high candy, as I usually say. Uh, very captivating images, lots of color. I'm not afraid at all to work with color. And I know this is also a little bit controversial. Um, but if people look at my images, they will see intense light, long exposure, immersive compositions. And people will think, okay, there's another guy just doing pretty nature images. And that's it. Let's move on. Let's look at something else. Um, But the thing is, be it with me or with any other photographer, his images will always have more layers. And when you stop to look at an image, when you look at the intent, when you look at the biography of the person, when you look at the purpose, you'll see that there's the immediate aspect of looking at it and being captivated. And when you grab someone's attention and that person wants to spend some time trying to understand what you're doing, that person will see that there are more elements on the image, there are potential symbolisms in the image, And if the person, the artist, wants to write something about it, you'll probably see that there's a story attached to it. So um, my meaning right now, my purpose is most of all to grab those subjects which are extremely important to me and channel them as well as possible through nature. I think photography gives me the privilege of being able to get someone's attention in a very beautiful and spontaneous way and channel something that is meaningful to me. It can be just the image. Someone might choose not to read anything at all about it, and that's perfectly valid. Or it can go much further than that. So my purpose is to captivate, to show how beautiful is the ecosystem we live in. And then try to pass the message regarding conservation, regarding mental health, regarding purpose, meaning, relationship between mankind, humankind and the planet we live in, not taking things for granted, spirituality, tons of things that are very, very important to me. That's why I say I'm still in the middle of the path because... I can say that I have some kind of branding and I hate this word branding. I think people should not need to have a branding at all because they are so much more than a brand. But I'm kind of all over the place, conceptually speaking, and I'm trying to channel this message in a more effective way. But, well, this is a spontaneous conversation. Um, and um, summing up the purpose is to have a voice trying to convey the things that are important that I really want to share with others. We are all together in this. So I think every one of us has kind of the duty, I would say, to try to enrich the world we are in. And photography seems like a beautiful way to, to do it.
1: What a beautiful word, uh, word that is, uh, Jose. Um, I think what you say there on that last sentence, you know, to enrich um, the world, You know, whether it's through your photography, your music, or whatever it may be, you know, or simply just expressing yourself, I think that is an absolute important um, thing to do. So, um, you know what what you said that is just incredible um, about conservation's and mental health. It's all the things that, um, not always been talked about but is so important um to to focus on now one thing that i want to ask you is um going back to what you say right um in order um we don't want to get caught in this numbers game about instagram or twitter or whatever it may be right sales whatnot but at the same time they are important, especially for artists who are doing it full time, right? Because they are a way for them to get seen and to share the message. So one thing that I'm interested to hear your thought on is how do you find that balance? How can you focus on the numbers so that it can support you to do more of what you love instead of crushing your true purpose or your initial purpose on why you want to do photography in the first
0: place. Yeah, that that's very interesting. Um, and I want to do another important disclaimer, which is... My income also comes from photography. Uh, Unfortunately, in Portugal, doctors' wages, they are not good at all. I know this happens in a lot of countries, but we get lots of invitations to go work to the north of Europe and other countries. And there's absolutely no comparison in terms of income. So right now, I'm kind of splitting my time between photography and psychiatry. I'm doing private practice only to have time for art. So... Um, it's like, I care about it. I care about how people view my work. I care about income. I care about how to transform this also into a business. And this is a business. Um, So reaching that balance, once again, it's easier said than done. Because when you are really struggling to pay the bills, when you need to put food on the table, You just need to have the numbers, you need to have the exposure, you need to have the licensing, you need to have the collaborations, and it can be extremely challenging. And the problem is that most of social media, of the social media game, it kind of obeys to a preconceived aesthetic notion of what's good, of what's, uh, of what results. There's this great example of Instagram. Instagram kind of revolutionized the way that photos should look. Before Instagram, it used to be the classical old school photography, landscape photography with its strong colors, like I mentioned before. And then all of a sudden you had a revolution, um, uh, strongly attached to travel photography, Uh, not to classical landscape photography, even though there's a strong overlap in this, but people who wanted to survive, most of them had to adapt. Now, the thing is, can you keep being genuine while changing part of your outputs and your colors and your contrasts and the way you edit your images? I think it's possible. I think there's always a balance because as long as you have some further purpose than not just making money for the sake of it. I think it comes naturally. So the way I try to to handle all of that is exactly by having something that I need to transmit to other people and hoping that this resonates with enough people that will get me the much needed income. If that didn't happen and sometimes I wonder what if I went full time? The main reason why I don't go full-time um, is because I, f- not only I love doing psychiatry, I also feel it's absolutely essential for the arts. Uh, just the way I feel that art is essential for my psychiatry. But if I went full-time and all of a sudden I could not pay the bills, I would not have any problem at all to jump into something that would be a little more profitable, both in the photography field or in other area, as long as I had enough time to continue being genuine and creating my arts, Because once you stop doing it, then I think it's kind of a ruin. So it's probably a matter of balance. And even though I'm against the game number, I understand why it happens. I think we need to play it. Just don't be too caught up in it. Otherwise, if we all of a sudden start thinking that our value is fully placed in the numbers, um that just means we lost contact with our insight. But I obviously like to have comments. I love to have exposure. I like to have followers. I like to be contacted by brands because it's kind of an extension that you are doing work that it's being noticed. But most of all, I want the main purpose of being noticed to be because people resonate with the message. And the rest is kind of a bonus that spontaneously comes. That is
1: really, really good way of putting it. And I love how you say, you know, um, the most important thing is about people resonate with your message and then everything else. If that fits, then it's good. If not, then it's okay sort of thing. You know, well, that's, you know, it's different compared to trying to please every single person out there. So I think that is a really good thing to um, to notice or to recognize when you are a photographer or anyone. Yeah, you know, as a matter, uh, as a matter of fact, right? It's never good trying to please everyone. Um, now, one thing that I am, uh, I'd love to hear your thought on. Um, you touch on photography community back then, how genuine it was, right? And. In today's world, I feel like a lot of that genuity sort of disappear. Um, It's more about, like you say, you know, numbers game, the exposure. More often than not, we interact with other accounts for the algorithm instead of mm-hmm. for the genuine expression of our feeling towards the art. So one thing that I'm interested in is to hear your thoughts about how the community was before and how do you feel the community is today? And what do you think we can do to make, you know, whatever we have today, a better place, a better community, a better uh, interaction with each other?
0: Okay, Um, well, thinking about the community before and using the example of sites like, DeviantArt, like I mentioned, I was in another site, which was PhotoSeek, which does not even exist anymore. It had a very interesting rating system where people had to write proper, thorough comments, detailed comments on each other's images that then would be voted by the community. And people who actually went through the effort to write meaningful critiques, they were benefited with this because then they could post other comments, they could post their own photos, and the system kind of fed itself in a very healthy way. The same happened with DeviantArt, not with this ingenious system, but there was a big, big sense of community. There were journaling, there there was journaling, there were very detailed comments, people established very meaningful relationships. There, There was already... Some kind of a draft of the numbers game, it existed, but it was not as focused as now because right now it's kind of a um, hectic and frantic, uh, fast machine of, of media consumption. Um, so when you had more time to look at things, you were not constantly being overwhelmed with stimuli, and social media sites are fully engineered to get not only your attention, but just your short attention. They don't want your long span attention working because that means less viewing, less ads, less profit. So regarding what we could do, um, I have a good example right now, which is a very controversial example. And you know that I, I'm going to bring this up because we, we kind of uh, met also through Twitter which is the NFT space, which in the middle of all its big toxicity, it brought something very interesting, which is once again the focus on the message and the focus on the relationship between photographers as a community that needs to support itself and be on the same boat to have success as a whole, whole, and the relationship with collectors. Because all of a sudden, I realized that mostly regarded with landscape photography, it's not a respected genre of photography in the fine art gallery world. Obviously, some people make it, but the big, big bucks, they are made with other styles of photography. And many people are realizing through the democratization of the access to the NFT space, to collectors, already some traditional collectors, that landscape photography also has a place in this big gallery world, in this big museum world um, where probably we can have a good balance between not being constantly exploited by micro stock photography websites, not being exploited by brands who want everything in exchange of not that much. Possibly we have a place in this whole ecosystem of this whole economic ecosystem where if we have a message, if we have something different that we want to show to the world, perhaps um, we can have a sense of community. We can have time to interact with other photographers, artists, collectors. And that will have the added bonus, the added essential bonus of getting an income from this. So I would mostly love to see all the websites shifting from a perspective, not just focused on quick profit and quick visualization, but on taking the time to be with people and to be with art obviously this is wishful thinking this is probably not going to happen there's way too much money in all social media websites probably the voice of the people can make itself heard it's happening with all the backlash against reels on instagram and i think that's it's good that it's happening but i don't know how strong of a voice we can have to make that much of a difference but at least we need to try And I usually never did podcasts. Um, I I, I just love being behind the camera. And I think that we need to start being a little bit more activists of our own craft and of the place we deserve in the global landscape, no pun intended, in the global landscape of the art world, um, to make things better and to make interactions much better and healthier, most of all. That was a good pun, I must say.
1: <laughs> um yeah, that's uh thanks for sharing your thought on that. Um it is quite interesting how how uh to see your perspective on this whole how how everything kind of fit in, you know, with the NFT, with the landscape photography, and with just other photography in general. I think that's that's quite an interesting take that you have in there. Um so one thing that um i want to get into is that you know you kind of do photography um and psychiat- uh, being psychiatrist at the same time and i love how you say that you each each one of them need each other and each one of them support each other right and i think that's that's really interesting because i, I can totally resonate with that right now One thing that I'm sure the audience would like to hear, right? A lot of them love photography, you know, a lot of photographer love photography. That's why they got into it. That's why they they buy, spend all their money on these really expensive things. Now, if there is a chance for them to, you know, earn back and just get a side income or whatnot to be able to, uh, fund their next travel, or to be able to upgrade their next camera. How, based on your experience, how would you advise? Um, how would you recommend them to look into being able to find those side incomes?
0: Well, first of all, if I focus mostly on nature photography and landscape photography, uh, looking at the overall situation of most photographers that i know and i will say unfortunately once again because i would love that landscape photography would be recognized as a a type of art which is worth by itself and not by other kinds of side gigs but most of all as long as you have a good portfolio as long as you are inspiring, as long as you know your way around editing, as long as you have good quality images to show, you have the classical photo tour route to to follow, which is extremely profitable when, when done right. And it has a very interesting purpose, especially for the people who love to teach. It's an absolutely beautiful way to practice photography. Um, I'm more of the solitary kind of person that likes to have its own space to do its photography. But for people who want to have a side income with their images, as long as they have good visibility, and there we go with the numbers game, if they have good visibility, if they establish meaningful contacts with people, they will probably start being invited to show them, to show them those places, to show them how they capture those images. And in a very spontaneous way, they will be able to get a good income from that. And even more important than that, even more important than the numbers, the good old technique of, Taking people to your website where you can show much more about who you are, not be totally dependent on social media, but use it as a way to channel people into your own place. The place that you where you chose the design, you chose how you present yourself and you are not just someone else in the middle of one million trade photographers. Um, and when you do that, you get the chance for them to subscribe potentially a newsletter. And then all of a sudden, we have this privilege access to show to these people uh, what you really like to do, what are your um, messages, what you can offer them. And in a very spontaneous way, as long as you put your art into everything um, and assuming your artwork inspires other people, I, I think side income will always appear. The big question is if it's stable and if it can become the main income. But getting side gigs, as long as you put some effort into it, I think it's, it's doable fantastic that is
1: great advice and i want to segue to i know that you know you've, your photo have been published in national geography in in spain right and yeah. um you know first of all congratulations that that photo <laughs> was incredible now i know that for many photographers that has been you know their dreams including mine now i'd love to just hear right while i have you here what um how did you, what are your journey to get your photo published with magazine like Netgeo and how, uh, what advice would you give for someone who want to have their photo published with Netgeo?
0: Okay, um, before And I unfortunately, once again, I'm I'm always regretting things. It's kind of like a pattern. Uh, I need to analyze this uh, as a psychiatrist. But I was going to say that, unfortunately, I lost a huge opportunity to be noticed by Netgeo, which was their um, website, the Your Shot Photographer from Netgeo. And I didn't used to pay attention at all to it. Um, And I know plenty of photographers got kind of... Uh, noticed by them and at some sort of special place to not only publish in magazines worldwide, but also to be featured on their on their huge Instagram pages. So I missed that opportunity. And the way I got into Netgeo was mostly uh, it was locally related. So there were these big groups um, in both Portugal and Spain where people used to share their images. These groups were kind of scouted by the editorial team of Netgeo and going towards The guidelines of Netgeo, Um, I think they identified with some of my works because Netgeo is still one of the few who, once again, I know I'm constantly repeating myself, but they put uh, lots of focus on the message. It's not just about pretty images. I would actually go as far as saying that most of my images, they are not Netgeo material because they are usually Uh, I would say, less edited, less impactful. Um, They want to be a little bit more immediately related with the perceived reality. And I usually like to give some artistic expression on my images, but some of them, they... Possibly could potentially fit the magazine. And I think that it was along with the story, along with the fact that I always put great effort into describing why that image was different, why it adds some meaning, why I captured it, why the viewers can relate with it, that I got the first contact to publish with them. And As soon as you get the first publication, then it becomes easier. You have just opened a communication channel. And right now I have the privilege that I can reach out to them when I think I have something different and relevant to show them, like a photo of the volcano that I did, like a Milky Way over an ancient bridge in the south of Portugal, which has never been photographed before. When I have... Something that I think that brings value to readers, I contact them and ask them if they're interested in publishing it. Uh, if I started bombarding them with every image that I had, probably they would just block me and shut down our email contact. So it's, I think it's mostly related with crafting and adapting the message to the medium where you want to be published. And I also need to do another disclaimer. I've been featured on their Visions of the Earth section which is just one single image with a small description Um, but I've never done editorial work for them because they work with lots of extremely talented photographers who have a specific photo photographic purpose to show something and I didn't follow that path but it's also another very valid path to to be able to be published there. So adapt what you are doing as long as it's genuine and you identify with it to the place where you want to get published.
1: Fantastic advice. That is a really good way to put, you know, how people can pursue that path. Uh, So thanks a lot for sharing that. And congratulations to you. Now, we are kind of coming to the last hour, um, you know, the one hour mark. And one thing that I always ask my guests um, in this podcast is that if there was one advice, whether it's photography or life advice that you would give to your younger self or to other people in general, what would that
0: be? Okay. Okay you you saved the toughest question for 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 the end of the podcast so let me just put my neuron my my brain neurons firing and thinking about what could be potentially inspirational but um well taking from some of the things i've said during this podcast um i would tell and recommend people to first of all look after their mental health Um, And I'm not saying this in that classical paternalistic style um, of like some cliche phrase, but most of all, feel comfortable when you are doing art, feel that there's something you are showing of yourself, which is genuine, and which is good towards others when you are creating your art, your art. And most of all, don't get lost in the number game and value meaningful connections with people. They will bring you way more satisfaction. If I could, and I've said before during the podcast that it's easier said than done, and I find myself also caught up in the game of numbers every now and then, the main message, I would scream to myself and tell myself to stop looking at the numbers and establish meaningful artwork and meaningful connections that's the most important and i think that will always bring something good be it money being well-being i think it's the path to to go to to choose that is a fantastic advice i say thank you
1: very much for sharing that all right well um you know um it's been great talking to you I love you know just chatting with you and I hope we get to meet in real life one day Um, that will happen we need to make sure that will happen (laughs) yeah let's go Um, Mm -hmm. so for people who who want to learn more about you your story your mission as well as your beautiful photography what is the best way to connect with you
0: Okay, uh, I think the easier way um, and just like I said before, it's kind of the 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 ideal starting point is to go to my website, which is www.. Jose, jose ramos.com I'm, I'm gonna say it in english and not in portuguese um or you can go to my instagram page which is jo- jo- jose ramos photography um or to twitter which is jose underscore ramos okay so these are the best places to find out about my work um and feel free to reach out if you search by uh, crazy psychiatrist photographer uh, from Portugal you'll probably also find me on Google uh, so feel free to find me in any way uh, you 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 prefer Fantastic. Thanks a lot for sharing that. And don't
1: worry, listeners, you will get the link on the description. So if you are listening to this and you're not sure if it's Jose or Jose, you know, (laughs) um, just go on the link. You'll um, get, you know, the exact link so that you know how to find him. Well, thank you very much um, for being here, Um, Jose. That's how you say it uh, in Portuguese, isn't it?
0: Actually not. It's Jose.
1: Juze, okay,
0: it's not easy to pronounce. Okay. That's why I, I was telling you I, I prefer to give the the English Americanized version, or people would not uh, probably translate it properly to to the right uh, characters. So it's yeah. Juze in yeah. Portuguese. Juze, is that is that right? Juze, yeah, that that's pretty pretty close.
1: Oh wow,
0: yeah, because uh, um, <laughs> I I
1: used to live in LA, right, and all I have a lot of um. Friends from Mexico and uh, basically Latin America, but they, I think theirs pronounced Jose. So it's it different be between yeah. the Hispanic and Portuguese. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. But um, yeah, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks My a pleasure. lot for sharing all of your wisdom as well as your story. And hopefully listeners, you can find a lot of wisdom, a lot of inspiration from not only the journey, but the advice that uh, you say, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> have, have, almost have perfect, shirt. I can say it's perfect.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, all right. Well, um, listeners, if you haven't subscribed sh- subscribe yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We love to hear your feedback. If you do enjoy this podcast and if you know other photographer who you'd love to have in this podcast, please reach out to me on my Instagram or Facebook, which is, or Twitter, uh, which is just at the Wicked Hunt. And let me know uh, who I should bring to to the podcast. But um, thank you very much for being here. I know your time is important and you have shared that time with me and I very much appreciate that.
0: Thank you very much. My absolute uh, pleasure. And thank you for the opportunity all
1: right well uh wiki hunters i'll i'll see you again next week but for now make sure that you keep shooting keep creating and don't forget to stay smiling until next time